Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. Now, as you know, on Saturday nights, we bring you the very best boxing and MMA content from around the world. And Saturday night was no different. The guest list was absolutely ram jam full. And we start this week's podcast with the WBO Super Lightweight World Champion. Josh Taylor caught up with Gareth to talk about the prospect of not fighting Jack Catterall, but fighting Tiafimo Lopez. The fight was done. I'd done the injury on the Monday of the Eubank, but I never told uh, Ben until the Friday because I didn't know what I had done to myself. I knew I had done something because it was really painful. So I knew I'd done something. I then went and got, um, went to a specialist on the Wednesday, got MRI scans done, um, got the results back on the the Thursday um, and got, Pretty bad news, you know. Pretty bad news of the the significance of the injury, um, and the plant of fi- plant of fascia tendon is gone, you know. So it's like it's taken going to take a little bit of time to uh, get get back to normal. So I then told Ben on the Friday, um, so I said, right, there's no point in announcing the fight because I'm, yeah. I'm not not even back on my feet by the time March comes. Never mind the uh, fight. So. That was that. And then about a week later or two weeks later, I, I, I can't remember the exact time day, but I can remember I just see that, you know, all right, the fight's gone now. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, get Jack a fight. And then I saw that he's fighting on the 25th of March. So it's like, well, well, you've moved on for the, for the fight, not myself. I'm like, if I'm Ben Shalom, you're going to focus on right. Okay, this is this is one of the biggest fights in the UK, um, by far. Actually, it's one of the biggest fights in the UK. The best, definitely the one with the most interest in it. So instead of going away and focusing on getting another date locked in and bolted in and loaded in, he's went away and got Jack another fight. So so they've moved on for the fight. They've moved on. Jack's fighting someone else, and then what am I meant to do? Like, what am I meant to do? I'm meant to sit there and just wait on Jack now. You know, so when that happened, uh, Jack got the, the announcement out that he's fighting on the 25th. I then gets an email on Monday there from the WBO saying that I've been mandated to fight um, Teofimo Lopez. So it's like, right, well, that's that's out of my hands. 
that's that's completely out of my hands. So if anybody's to blame, it's Ben Shalom for not getting it nailed in and nailed in and nailed it sorted. So Ben Shalom's actually done Jack a bad turn. Because you don't want to lose all your belts altogether, yeah? Because you don't want to lose all the belts. Because you'd lose the WBO if you didn't defend it, yeah? Ben Shalom's done his own fighter out of mega fight because it's just to get him out and, and keep fit fight. But what what happens if Jack had done that fight and anything can happen in boxing, what happens if he goes out, breaks a hand, gets cut, gets injured or, or gets knocked out or gets beat? That's the fight completely gone anyway. So for me, that's a stupid movement for, from their behalf for him and his team. Stupid, completely stupid. All you had to do was wait a number of weeks get the fight, Ben had to get the fight sorted and date a date locked in and get it done and it had been done. You know, um, and then I get an email on Monday just past there from the WBO that we're mandating you to fight Teofimo Lopez. So it's like, right, okay, if I don't fight Teofimo Lopez and go f- for the, the Carol fight to try and please other people that I couldn't give a monkey's about, it's my title. I've, get, I've let go of all the rest of the other belts. Mm-hmm. Make this happen. I've been very patient and waiting and getting the fight happen, letting the fight happen, making the fight happen. So I have to let go of another belt now. So no, I'm keeping the belt that I've got, and it's a good fight. And I actually think that it's a better fight than the Carol fight. I think it's a harder fight than the Carol fight. I think Teofimo Lopez is a much higher caliber of opponent than Carol, given that he's had a couple of crap performances, but he is a very, very good high level opponent. Um. So are you saying that? If all goes well for Catrell down the line, you beat Tiafimo, would you still fight Catrell later on? You said to me off air that you'd still like to yeah. have a good shellacking. Yeah. That's what you were saying. Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, obviously... one That, will, that fight will happen at some point, is what you're saying. But obviously it just can't happen now. But that's completely out of my hands. And it's not my fault. And if anything, it's actually probably Ben Shalom's fault or Jack's team fight for getting another fight instead of just sitting tight and waiting and it is frustrating and I understand that you know we've, we've both had been out the ring for nearly enough a year now already so it's like okay I quite understand why he's got another fight and I quite understand why he's doing that because he needs to keep the momentum and stuff like that but I'm still sat here as well so he's went and got this fight done he's way got this fight what happens if he gets a cut, breaks his hand, breaks a rib or, or gets yeah. beat? The fight's completely gone then. So it's like this completely stupid move from yeah. Yeah. I'm all in here, sitting, waiting, doing my rehab, getting everything done, making sure I'm fine, to ready to go and fight as soon as possible. You know, um, and then I get ordered with the WBO to fight that fight. So, um, so, so you are going to fight Teofimo Lopez. Obviously, he's come up from 135 to 140, but he's, he's a style that suits your style. He's a come-forward, aggressive, bullish fighter. Um, yeah. You know, uh, principally a right-hander, isn't he? But he can switch a little bit as well. Styles, the styles of you and him make for a terrific fight. When do you expect that to happen? And when, what are you going to do to him when, when you step in the ring with him? I really don't know when it's going to happen. Um, I mean, I don't think we've even spoke about that. I mean, I've only received that news from the WBO on Monday there, so we've not really even spoke about it, you know. So I don't know when it's going to happen or where. So that's uh, it's very, very early stages, you know. It's, UK know or a UK, USA? What's your, what's your feeling? Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, 
obviously I would love to go back to the USA, um, you know, and then fighting a massive magnitude of a fight again because what another last... Vegas fight, Josh? Are you fancying on the Vegas fight? But there was no one there, you know. There was uh, this time I'll be able to take my friends and my family and my my fans and my support. Yeah. Whereas the last time I couldn't, I could only there was only me and my team there. That mm. was it, and a handful of people in the in the uh, in the arena, which was which still kind of sucks to this day, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and uh, no one was there to witness it really. I know you can't put a date on it, but if 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 you're fit in April, it's a midsummer fight, presumably. Yeah, I'd like to try and aim, aim for about June, you know, June time. I would like and to. Your preference of... is the US, yeah. Listen, I'd love to. I'd love to have a fight here as well. I'd love to have it in the UK. Um, I'd love to have it at, at Easter Road or the Edinburgh Castle in the middle of the summer. You know, that would be. I've always dreamed about fighting there. It would be brilliant. You know, but also on the other hand, going over to the USA, going over to the USA and fighting. I don't know wherever it is it's going to be, but fighting, for example, maybe in New York or maybe in. Um, Vegas again maybe down in Vegas again and a big massive fight so there you have it that's what Josh Taylor's doing what's Jack Catterall doing I don't know well we got him on the show as well we had a chat about everything that's been happening with him over the last year Boxer and Sky Sports have put the March out there uh, this was Quite soon after Taylor injured himself, and then it looked like he's going to be fighting Lopez. Uh, I think I've made it quite clear now to to my promoters and to my team that I don't want to take over fight, and uh, we are pursuing a fight with Regis Progre. For that day in March, not for that day in March. Uh, I will. I won't be fighting in Manchester on March the twenty fifth. Okay. Uh, we are in negotiations for a fight with Regis for the WBC world title. Uh, but yeah, it's just been frustrating times. Uh, we'll probably get into it. But yeah, as as of now, I am in the gym training, and we are looking for a potential fight with Regis. Well, that's the whole. Let's let's go back because obviously this time last year you fought Josh. Obviously, yeah. we we know what happened in that particular fight, and we know what the aftermath was. What was the conversations? in the immediate aftermath? Because this has gone on for a year. Obviously, Josh is injured now and he's not going to be fighting. He's just told us that he's not going to be fighting probably till June time. So that's a good 15 months since the fight with yourself. Surely there were conversations in the immediate aftermath. I know that Josh was obviously reneging belts, vacating belts. His noise from, from his camp was that I'm staying, I'm going to stay at 140 then and I'm going to fight Jack Catterall. When was the first conversations for you two to get a fight back on, a rematch back on? You know what? It he needs to make it make sense. So in the immediate aftermath, there were no talk of a rematch. Uh, I think I think you'll know the the public demand and the pressure on Josh to revisit the fight was there. Uh, after a month or two, there was talks of a rematch. Uh, jumped over the mountains, teamed up with Sky and Boxer uh, to do this rematch with Josh. Uh, we had a date penciled in for the end of summer, uh, early fall. And I believe he picked up a, an injury where he had to go for an operation. Um, then it was November, December, then January, February, March. And we was both at the Smith-Eubank fight a couple of weeks back. We was due to get in the ring that night and announce the fight for March the 4th. Uh, obviously, the day before the fight, he picks up another injury and pulls out. And then 
within a week of the injury, it appears that he is staying at 140, although he said he'd only stay at 140 to fight me again before he moves up because he struggled to make the weight in the, the first fight. But now it looks like he's fighting Lopez at 140 this summer. Right. Well, just on that, I'll pick up and I'll, if it's not in this clip that I'm going to play, I will I'll reiterate what Josh has just told Gareth. Um, we did have him on the show just a, just a moment or two ago and he said uh, that he's not at fault for the fight with you not taking place. Take a listen to this. I saw that he's fighting on the 25th of March. So it's like, well, well, you've moved on for the for the fight, not myself. I'm like, if I'm Ben Shalom, you're going to focus on right. Okay, this is this is one of the biggest fights in the UK, um, by far. Actually, it's one of the biggest fights in the UK. The best, definitely the one with the most interest in it. So instead of going away and focusing on getting another date locked in and bolted in and loaded in, he's went away and got Jack another fight. So so they've moved on for the fight. They've moved on. Jack's fighting someone else. And then what am I meant to do? Like, what am I meant to do? I'm meant to sit there and just wait on Jack now. Um, but you're telling me, Jack, that you don't have a date locked in as of as of now. You've moved on because of the WBO ordering a Tiafimo Lopez fight for Josh Taylor. Yeah, my understanding is Top Rank had already booked Easter Road up in Edinburgh for Josh and Lopez. Uh, and obviously we've waited this long now to fight Josh. Like I said to you a minute ago, October, November, December, coming into the new year. And ultimately, my promoter, they want me back boxing. That's what we do. We need to stay busy. We'll be fighting. It's going on next week. It'll be 12 months since the last fight. So in their best interest was to get me a date, but uh, I won't be fighting March the 25th. Um, Jack, um, did you? are you saying there as well, just to be clear... You'd heard that he was going to fight Teofimo Lopez before your March the 25th fight was originally talked about with your promoters. Yeah, I heard... Uh, so you felt going... that you you almost... That yeah, behind uh, the scenes, he was moving on without you... without <laughs> taking you into consideration. That's what you're saying, yeah? So, Smith-Eubank fight, the Friday pulls out, and then in the, the week following, it was already plans to fight Lopez, so... And you know what? Since the two pullouts, and I'm not fighting at 140, I've vacated all these belts. Now he's got the WBO. Now, our fight, uh, I believe, in my opinion, warrants a rematch without a world title fight. You've just seen a, a massive fight in uh, Smith Eubank with no world title on the line. Uh, if he's that confident of beating me, fight me with no title and move up to 147. But obviously, that's not the case. And I think I've said it to Jamie and Nigel in the gym a few times. I've, I've lost total confidence of, of seeing Josh back in the ring. Uh, injury after injury, new coaches, can't seem to get it right. Uh, we filmed the gloves are off. He looked, he looked drawn at the weight, probably overtraining. And it just doesn't fill me with great confidence now waiting for Josh uh, to be ready. So he, he he did say in the interview with me that he definitely still wants to fight you. The fight will always be there. We know the fight will always be there because it's we need to see a second fight. You know, many of us, 95% of us, 97% of us saw you winning the fight on points. And so he's got something to prove. You want to prove something again. For me, it's a very big fight. Um, are you going to keep that kernel of desire in yourself to have that fight as well as focusing on the people? I mean, you and Regis Progre is a phenomenal fight as well, I hasten to add. Phenomenal fight. 
Yeah, I think me and Josh both know the fight's going to be there in the future. Mm. Uh, he probably can't sleep at night. Uh, there's a lot of pressure to to be made on that fight, but again, I've lost total confidence, Gareth, of him of him making it back to the ring after two pullouts, and then the second time, then announced the fight. It just doesn't fill me with with confidence now. So I've got to go and uh, hunt down my world titles. How do, how this whole situation since last February? How do you feel about? Not necessarily Josh Taylor, but how do you feel about boxing and the way that you've been treated over the last year? I take it too personally. I know a lot of fighters and a lot of people in worse situations. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thankful, and I've said this time and time again, I've got a great family and a great team. Uh, I'm in the gym working, and I know that I will get my break soon, uh, and it will come. I've, I've always said this, and, and hopefully Josh is still listening. I, I've always said this, that I've, I've felt in the aftermath that Josh doesn't owe you, for example, a fight. He owes that fight to himself because of the doubt that obviously has been cast on that particular fight. Now, if he can obviously move forward without righting the wrong, as people would say, then that's on him and he's got to live with that going forward. I think boxing owes you something because you got stiffed on that night, in my opinion, by the judging panel. I've already spoken about the involvement with the WBO and Top Rank as a promoter as to all the things that were going on behind the scenes to try and get Teofimo Lopez a title fight 12 months ago. And now all of a sudden, 12 months on, we're looking at Teofimo Lopez fighting for a world title against against Josh Taylor. I've, I, I had a conversation this week loosely over, over social media with, uh, with your coach. And this is about you now. You can't wait for anything else. You can't wait for a, for boxing to do right by you. You've got to go and grab that opportunity when, when it is presented to you. And if there's an opportunity there to go and fight for a world title against Regis Progray, then absolutely snap its hand off and try and make that fight happen. Do you, have, with your promoter, have you got dates? Have you, have you got locations that, uh, that, are, that are being spoken about as to when that fight might, might come your way? I can't talk about dates and locations, but there is an ongoing negotiation uh, that's been going on this week. And we are, I think we are close and there's, there's a bit of back and forth between both teams. So things are looking positive. Well, if you both fight around the same time, hopefully uh, you come out of that and fight each other. You and uh, you and Taylor, I think you and Regis is a phenomenal matchup. Um, can you just hint whether you think you might need to travel to the States for that or whether it could be here? I can't confirm that yet. Again, okay. <laughs> all quite ongoing and probably not right to say, but uh, there is a negotiation going on, so I am confident that we can get this fight over the line. Whilst we were on the radio on Saturday night, Nottingham was the destination for a super fight in the featherweight division. The WBA crown was on the line and it was brought to the ring by Lee Wood. However, it left on the shoulders of Maurizio Lara. Here's our immediate reaction to that fight. For seven rounds, Lee Wood was dog-walking Maurizio Lara around Nottingham. And then Maurizio Lara has just landed the shot of a lifetime on his chin and knocked him out. When I say knocked him out, the referee was prepared to throw Lee Wood back into the fight, but uh, Lee Wood's corner, Ben Davison, threw in the towel because it was absolutely evident Lee Wood was in no fit state to carry on. A shot out of the blue. Lee Wood was comfortable in the fight, 
And then that big, powerful left hook landed on his whiskers. And Maurizio Lara is the new WBA featherweight champion. Heartbreaking night, of course, for Lee. An unbelievable fight. A brilliant way that he was playing through those rounds up until that point. But you've got to take your hat off to Maurizio Lara because that is some finish. Oh, it was. They were both exchanging left hooks at the time, of course. And uh, Lee Woods went under... And uh, Mauricio Lara, we know he's got equalising power. That's, um, I think, nine out of his last ten victories by stoppage now, apart from the technical decision against Josh Warrington. He went into this fight. I mean, you're right to say he was put straight on his back. Um, he got up. Uh, the referee was asking Lee Wood. He was up at seven. He was asking Lee Wood to put his hands up. He didn't really put his gloves his up. His legs were all over the yeah, place. He was Very gone. similar to what we saw with Eubank and, and Smith a couple of weeks back. Yeah, he absolutely. was all over the place. I absolutely agree with you and and then, then that towel came and hit the referee uh, there was the right move um, and whatever anyone says critically about trainers when a trainer pulls his fighter out like that he's doing the right thing Lee Wood survives to fight another day he was going to get hit by three or four big punches we know Lara who's only 126 pound fighter is a big big puncher as is Lee Wood it really played out it was a, a fantastic fight they were cagey early on Lara had success in the first couple of rounds. Lee Wood came back and was controlling it. For me, in that seventh, he went a little bit quiet early on. Pace went down. Yeah, and Lara looked tired and fatigued in the sixth. But, you know, these two men gave it all in there tonight. And, you know, maybe the the, the 10-year advantage, younger man, 24 years old, Mauricio Lara didn't come into this fight as the champion. He came in as the challenger. A lot of people consider him to be the number one in the division. I kind of agree with that, and I think he's proven it tonight absolutely sensational from Maurizio Lara landing that big left hook on Lee Wood's whiskers uh, and the fight stopping because Ben Davidson threw the towel in uh, I fully agree that it was the right decision from Ben at the end of the day his job is to protect his fighter at all times it's the referee's job actually to protect the fighters at all times and I was a little bit concerned that having looked only on the monitor fair enough that Lee Wood was all over the place that the referee was prepared to allow that fight to continue but the towel came in and it stopped the fight off that heavy heavy knockdown it's not a flash knockdown that that is a heavy 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 knockdown uh, we can hear now how the fight came to an end courtesy of our friends at DAZN well time but Simultaneously landing left hooks and downward goes. Barely 10 seconds to go and the towel comes in. And absolutely the right decision, as I, as I was just pointing out. What you can't see there, if you have seen the knockout of uh, Chris Eubank Jr., with, uh, with Lee, Liam Smith, it's a very similar situation where his legs are just completely gone. I think what we, the question we need to ask now is, if Mauricio Lara is the number one in the division, who's the guy that's going to challenge him? And I think it's Michael Conlon, you know. I think Conlon may have the skills um, to, to actually avoid... We saw some boxing skills there from Lee Wood today where he categorically hit and was hitting and not being hit, where he made Lara miss. Lara kind of putting all that kind of body um, strength into the talk of throwing punches. He made him look kind of foolish in there at times, didn't he? Yeah. Lee Wood tonight. And I think someone like a Conlon who can switch hit, who can box, who's very strong, as we know, I'd, I'd like to see him in with him. And I think that is... You know, look, Ray, we've got the champions. We've got Ray Vargas. Well, Vargas is, is there. We've got um, Luis Lopez, and we've got um, Emmanuel Navarrete. Navarrete's going up. Navarrete's going up. Super feather, yeah. To super feather. So that, that's uh, a vacant. Um, Listen, you know, the, the, the thing for me now, like you've just said, Maurizio Lara and Michael Conlon, brilliant fight. Why not make that? Why not make Lee Wood and Josh Warrington? 
Yeah, I think that will happen. I think that will You know, happen. as an eliminator fight. They, I, Lee Wood doesn't go backwards from here. Yeah, he's just been stopped by the most ferocious puncher in the division. But he doesn't go backwards from here. He's the guy that volunteered for this fight. I think it should be celebrated and he should be in with a, a title eliminator next up straight away. No messing. I thought it was a great performance up until the knockout. It was a great performance, but he'll have to really lick his wounds after that. It's a very tough night for him. Always very tough when you're stopped. He hasn't lost on points. You know, he's got to climb his way back into the division. I don't think he'll be going anywhere soon, but... Um, Shamefully would tonight. Now this weekend coming, Floyd Mayweather's in town. He's having a little bit of a dance with a guy from a reality TV show. That's right. Geordie Shaw's Aaron Chalmers will be standing across the ring from one of the greatest to ever do it. TBE himself, Floyd Mayweather. It's an exhibition before you get on your high horse. So therefore, what we decided to do was have a chat with Aaron about this phenomenal opportunity. There's 50 tries, 50 feels. So I'm just going to try... Rough them up. If it, if it comes to roughing them up in clinch work, then that's what's going to have to be done. Do you know what I mean? What happens to you in your life if by some chance you catch him with a left hook and a big right hand, which I know you've got, what happens if he goes unconscious? I'll be a multi, multi-millionaire that'll be living on a beach with me children. That's what happens. <laughs> So if that's not incentive, Gareth, then I don't know what is. I'll be a multi, I'll have that much money. My kids and myself will have an absolutely, and my family will have a lovely life, which is all I'm doing all this for, for me, for me three boys. So, yeah, it's incentive. If I catch him and he even drops on his arse, I'd imagine we'll get a rematch. There's no taking away what he is, what he's done. He's one of the best boxers ever. But I'm not intimidated by him. It's a no-lose situation for me. You're treating it like a proper boxing match. He probably won't because he's saying he's just showing the next generation. Uh, he into with me. He's showing the next generation the boxing skills of a professor. But do you need to be very hardened to him psychologically when you're around him next week? No. Nah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have fun with this. Listen, like the man. I, I'm certainly not going to be disrespectful. As in, he's given us an opportunity that I've grabbed with both hands. So I'm glad, I'm glad he's given the people like myself these opportunities, you know what I mean? Because he literally pulled me out of a dark, dark place in December to now I'm like a, I'm like a totally new man. The, the way things can change in, in eight weeks, six to eight weeks, I, I'm a Tom Comp, had a full breakdown in December to now I'm, I'm literally, I feel like I'm, my mind's bulletproof, I'm enjoying training, I'm, I'm just enjoying everything, I'm enjoying the whole process and I'm going to enjoy the whole process next week. I'm going to be sharing a ring with a man who I never thought I'd even meet, do you know what I mean? I never thought I would even come across him for a handshake. Never mind get a chance to punch him in the face. Are, are you receiving much criticism over it? Because people are criticising exhibitions and YouTuber fighting and influencers fighting. You get the old Instagram messages, the fake accounts come, the fake accounts, ah, you're going to get beat off Floyd, blah, blah, blah. Floyd Mayweather that offers you an exhibition, you are snapping his hand off, whether you've had one boxing fight or none or 10 or 15 or so 20. So you have it. Tune in, live exclusive from 3, 9.30, Sunday night for a little bit of that action. We're also going to be here on Friday and Saturday. And if you miss any of it, you can get it all on this very podcast. So make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Apple whatever it's called these days, or via the TalkSport website. I mean, the WBC can keep their rankings. I just want the big money fights. And that's me being honest. I'm not going to beat around the bush and say, yeah, I'm going to win a world title because, nah, I'm not. I know I'm not. 
But what I can make is a fair few million pounds in the next couple of years fighting these people. So why wouldn't I do that? Do you think Jake Paul is capable of beating Tommy Fury? 100% I think he beats him. Do you? Do you? 100%, yeah. Why? Only, why? No disrespect to Tommy. But Tommy's pulled out twice, right? For whatever reason, I don't know. More pressure is on Tommy's shoulders. A hundred times more pressure is on Tommy's shoulders than Jake's shoulders. Jake beats Tommy beats Jake. Wow, well, you only you beat a YouTuber, so you should. That's that's how it's gonna go. Ah, you beat a YouTuber, but you should beat him because you're 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 from a boxing family, your brother's a world champion. Jake beats Tommy. Tommy's called him a YouTuber this whole time. Tyson and his dad have said if Tommy loses, they're retiring him from boxing because if he can't be the YouTuber, he doesn't deserve to box. So for me, Tommy might have had the great... I know he's had good... I know he's, he's fought some lads up, up the North Hill. I know he said he's hitting hard and stuff and all this kind of stuff. But the pressure is more, is on Tommy's shoulders. Yeah. Tommy, finally, what's the dream year for you ahead? If I could get a KSI, a Tommy or a Jake... In this year, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to sit down with the PFL in Newcastle in March and talk about a double crossover. Jake and boxing. Professional Fighters League MMA. Yeah. Yeah, Jake, Jake, and the PF, Jake and the PFL, Jake and the boxing. So two, so a crossover. I'll fight him in boxing, he fights me in the PFL. Are so you more likely down. to fight Jake in the PFL than in boxing at the moment, do you think? No. Well, we're going to try and do it as a double. Going to try and do, and I know Kay's been talking to Kay, Jake's team, and they said that I need a few, I need a few more wins before we start talking about it. So, to me, being active, if I could even get, let's say Tyrone Woodley, Tommy, and then on to Jake in December. Oh, so you want but, Tommy as well? You definitely want Tommy. Of course. The reason I want Tommy is because he's the reason I started boxing. I started to fight Tommy when I had never been in a boxing gym. It didn't materialize because my brain scan didn't come back. I had a year waiting out. And I feel like that's the fight. That's why I started boxing. That's why I went out of boots. So that's the fight that I really want because he's the reason that I got into it. To finish this week's show, we're pointing you towards our live broadcast this weekend. That's right. The lads are in Saudi Arabia. Me and Gareth will be sat in the studio bringing you Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Don't turn your nose up, all right? Because me and Gareth gave it a proper preview for you on Saturday night. And if you missed it, here it is. Genuinely, there's nothing that Jake Paul does inside that ring that has got me worried. I think it's hilarious that a kid who's been doing it his whole life comes from a legendary bloodline is uh, is the underdog. Right hand, right uppercut, put him away, and he ain't getting up from that. Oh! Jake Paul Courtney Robinson of the week! Night. He's bringing energy, he's bringing new faces and new audiences to the game, and that transfers over to the legitimate fighters of today, so um, good luck to him. Jake and Tommy are both mainstream personalities. For your winner, and still undefeated, Tommy TNT Fury! He's gonna get knocked out by, by a Disney star. Plain and simple, that's it. End of story, you'll see, bro. When I hit you on the chin, you're gonna stay hit.
listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davies, as always, alongside me. To finish off the show, we're going to look ahead to next weekend. Because next weekend, on Sunday, that's right, I said Sunday, not Saturday, uh, you can tune in to live, exclusive, free coverage of Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Yes, you heard me right, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, going to be live and exclusive uh, on TalkSport. So make sure you come and join us for that next Sunday. So we've actually got a series of uh, of shows for you next week. Hopefully we're going to be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, talking all things boxing. Yes, we know it is on uh, pay-per-view on the television, and that has been a talking point within itself. Uh, but you can get it absolutely free, courtesy of TalkSport. So make sure you come and join us uh, next Sunday night for that. Now, lots of people have been asking our opinions on this. Boys, what do you think of this? What do you think of this YouTube boxing? Well, I think it's very important at this point to to really make it clear the difference between the misfit stuff that you've maybe heard on TalkSport and what you're going to hear next Sunday with Jake Paul taking on. Uh, Tommy Fury, because Tommy Fury is a licensed boxer, professional, with the British Boxing Board of Control. Jake Paul has a professional license uh, with the California State Athletic Commission over in the United States of America and has featured on professional boxing bouts. Yes, I know, he has not faced what you would class as a professional boxer, but he has been licensed in professional boxing bouts. Misfits is unlicensed. It's white collar. It's celebrities having a little bit of a go, uh, not sanctioned by the British Boxing Board of Control. And you've heard me speak about this on many occasions here on TalkSport. Next weekend is slightly different because, as I said, it is professional licensed boxing. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is the World Cup final. I'm not going to tell you it's the Champions League final. It might be something along the lines of the Sunday League Cup final. But it's an even contest. You've got two young novices and it's the best of each other, in my opinion. I think maybe if I can compare their level to maybe an area title or maybe just below British level or something like that, Gareth. But between themselves, the two novices, and I think it's an even matchup. So therefore, as a contest, I've actually no problem with these two men stepping in the ring against each other. Yeah, it's it's, it's the narrative, isn't it, that draws you in. It's It's one of those things that it's gone beyond a boxing match. It's... Jeopardy for a fighting family. It's braggadocio from the man that does it as a brilliant marketeer in Jake Paul. It's the the things he did in the last few weeks, like announcing the birth of Tommy and Molly May's baby because he'd obviously got wind of it in the background. You can imagine that kind of thing really, not, not deeply upsetting people, but feeling in the fury cam, oh, here he goes again. And almost that feeling of... I can't wait to get the the set pieces over to get some gloves on him, yeah. to get some hands on him. Uh, I mean, I watched Knuckle the other night. Have you seen Knuckle about all the travellers in Ireland? With, yes. with, uh, and it's like grudges between families, cousins. It's 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 weirdly got that kind of feel about it. It's brought the whole traveller element into it. You've you've disgraced my honour. You you've you've. You've, you've you've left me fettered, certainly in the case of people like John Fury, of deeply insulted. Um, you've insulted our family name. All of this narrative has been like a, a melting pot. It's almost a suspended reality for me, this fight. I am fascinated by it, and I want to see, because the person that loses really is going to have to eat humble pie. And when we listen to Tommy, which we will in a minute... He's putting out a lot of things out there. There could be hubris here, just as Jake Paul says, I've got nothing to lose. And remarkably, 
at 9.30pm live next Sunday night on TalkSport with us witnessing it. Jake Paul is the marginal favourite. And what is it? Number 380 in the world. <laughs> you looked it up earlier. Yes. I was, number 380 in the world in Jake Paul against number 364 in the world Good. at Cruiserweight. There you go. Uh, Tommy Fury. I'm fascinated. I've got to be honest. Uh, it's a fun fight. And it's a fun event. There's a world title on the event as well. Yes. We were discussing it um, just before this section. Badu Jack Alumba Makabu for the WBC Cruiserweight title. Now, remarkably, and I'd love to hear you pontificate on this. Get on, <laughs> your, get on your high horse. It's Speaker's Corner, Hyde Park. A crowd's gathered. Give your best fight disciples oh, here. Not just talks what. Jake Paul wins, and he gets, let's say, and he gets... Uh, top 15 well, ranking with the WBC. And he calls out Badu Jack or Lumba Macabre. Come on, what's well, going on? Well, if it's top 15, I will be screaming from the rooftops that it's an absolute farce. I'm, I'm led to believe that there has been a bit of ambiguity regarding the reporting It won't of it. be a 15. I think it's going to be top 40, but even still, it's still ridiculous that mm. you can be ranked off the back of this particular fight. And that ranking is only available to Jake Paul coming into this contest because, of course, everybody knows that if you have sanctioned fights by a sanctioning body, therefore there is a sanctioning fee to yeah, pay. Yeah. You get your little 3% going off to the WBC and Jake Paul generates some big numbers. So, therefore, it's a pure money move from the WBC, which I think is I think it's a poor move. I understand why they've done it. But I think it's a poor move, and it's a, it's a bit of a kick in the face and a slap in a slap it's in a the teeth. It's a sneaky investment, isn't it? But it's a slap in the teeth to all, all these other fighters that are out there scrimping and scraping and trying to work their way towards a, a ranking in order to get themselves a shot at some valid taking valid blows titles. in the head for it. Of course, you know. Um, it, 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 and Tommy hasn't fought anyone of enough note, no. for it to be that. Like you've just said, it's three hundred and eighty versus three hundred and forty-five <laughs> in the world. I mean, yeah. how can that then warrant a, a I top? Think you just 40? left it in by twenty places. <laughs> How can it warrant a top 40 or even a top 15 um, situation? Um, listen, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself until that becomes fact. This particular contest itself, I think, is an even matchup between two guys. Let's just take any WBC rankings just to the side for one second. Let's hear from Tommy, shall we? Uh, because there is um, obviously jeopardy on this fight for him because he is classed as the boxer coming into this fight. 99.9% of boxers do lose, but they lose to other boxers and they lose to other, you know, good fighters. I am fighting a guy who fiddles around with a Sony camera, jumping off bridges, spending a million pounds in a shopping mall. That's the kind of person I'm going up against. And that, in my eyes, equals a no-lose situation. Oof, I think there's a very much a lose situation on this for you, uh, Mr. Fury. Uh, and the way I say that is because, yes, the, the marketing of this is that it is a guy from the Disney Channel taking on a guy... Uh, from the world of boxing, especially from a, a famous family connected to the world of boxing. With all due respect to Tommy Fury, I think he's been underwhelming so far in his professional tenure. I don't think he's really set the place on fire. Um, and that's why I keep saying that this contest between these two men is a very even contest. It's two novices that are going to be fighting against each other. And I know that there'll be a lot of people listening to this thinking, well, Tommy Fury is Tyson Fury's brother. He's surely got to be able to do the business, hasn't he? Well, not necessarily. Um, I... I I think this is a very, very much a 50-50 fight. I can't be sat here saying Tommy Fury is going to absolutely splatter him. I think it's a 50-50 fight, and I would not be surprised at all if Jake Paul has his hand raised. Um, my money will probably go towards a draw because I'm cynical in these situations and that they'll probably go and do it again and make oh, another... Oh, I hadn't thought about that bought, yet. Bought load of money. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think it's as easy as saying Tommy Fury wins this fight. No, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, that, that whole... 
I'm a boxer and you're not. You know, Tommy, I understand, is earning around about £5 million for this fight. Jake Paul's probably getting well over double that. Um, plus more of a market share. Um, it'd be interesting to find out how much that money... I mean, this fight has been delayed twice already. This is the third time of asking, isn't it? And, it's, and I think Tommy's been offered more money every time. Look, he's a young dad. Yeah. For me, it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on him. It's a win-win for Jake Paul. Um, I do think Tommy really, if, he's, if he holds his mindset and he holds himself solid, I see him winning it. But if he goes reckless in there, Jake Paul's a big, athletic, strong lad. I, I mean, he'll, hear me out here. He knocked Tyron Woodley out cold. <laughs> he knocked Anderson... Listen, Come two on. years ago, three years ago before he started boxing, it's just the whatever it was, when we were at um, Better Beer Vineyard, it was the three-year anniversary of Jake Paul taking up boxing, yeah? Right. Um, you'd never have thought three years ago you'd say that Jake Paul knocked down Anderson Silva and knocked out Tyron Woodley and won ESPN's knockout of the year. These are weird times. This is a this is an alternative universe fight, and weird things might happen. Maybe it's Ant Man versus you know the, whatever those universes Wolverine are, against well, Wolverine. Yeah. You know, and maybe there are weird forces at work here. Um, you know, Tommy has got a lot of clawing back to do if he loses this. Um, but then again, he's going to be five million pounds richer, yeah. and he's a new dad. He's clearly very happy with the baby and Molly May. You can't. They're they're they're, they're tabloid stars, aren't they? At the moment, you know, they're, they're 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 online fodder. It's fascinating, and I think that's why we want to watch it because there is a massive fall for one of these guys, and they're both putting themselves on the line. I admire them both. They're both brilliant young human beings, and I've had only ever had good times dealing with both of them. I just hope it's a great event. I hope it's a cracking. Fight. Fight, to be honest. Same. Nine thirty is uh, the time for you next Sunday on Talksport live, exclusive, and free. Make sure you come and join us uh, for that. There will be um, obviously that WBC cruiserweight world title fight. Lingle Macabre, the champion, defending against former light uh, heavyweight and cr- uh, super middleweight champion in uh, and what in a fighter he was Badu Jack by the way hey yeah you know a bit and of, super middleweight he was outstanding he really was I mean I was there the night he fought and beat George Groves what a night he's a big guy yeah big guy so there you have it tune in live exclusive and free 9.30 Sunday night for a little bit of that action we're also going to be here on Friday and Saturday and if you miss any of it you can get it all on this very podcast so make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Apple Play, whatever it's called these days, or via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.